You're listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast, inspiring commentary and intelligent insight from experts in the thick of it. Hi, this is Mike Walter from Forrester Research. I'm here with Dave Johnson. Dave is in Forrester's INO, Infrastructure and Operations Group. Hi, Dave. Hello, Mike. Thanks for having me. Do you like the Forrester Studios? This is great. This is fantastic. I yeah. didn't even know we had them. Well, one of the things we want to talk about today, uh, well, actually, it's the only thing we want to talk about today, is Mac in the enterprise. Yep. I mean, is there anything to talk about, though, actually? I mean, isn't it a PC world when it comes to enterprises? That's a, that's a great question. And actually, uh, we're seeing probably the greatest rate of change in, uh, in computing habits in 2012 than we've seen in probably 15 years. And part of that, and a lot of that, is, uh, is Apple's influence. And um, so it's, yeah, it's significant. I mean, I know that people bring in Macs. You know, there's like a lot of rogues, yeah. and maybe the ranks of the rogues are increasing. But these aren't sanctioned, right? right. They're just bringing it in, and they have a company-issued computer. That's right. Many, many times um, when we the, – the, the surveys are, are very telling on this. When we interview the IT organizations mm-hmm. about, you know, what their Mac adoption rate is, it's very, very low. When we interview employees about what they're using for work – um, it's very, very high, much higher. There's a, there's a delta between those numbers. Um, so yes, um, there is definitely a subculture of, uh, of Macs uh, in many companies that, uh, that the IT organization just hasn't sanctioned and is, for all intents and purposes, is not really managing either. Yeah. Are there any IT organizations or companies that do sanction it? Well, very much, yeah. Um, Apple has uh, some very large enterprise customers. Genentech is one uh, that we worked with recently there, and I think Apple's largest, and a uh, very, very large company. Um, many other companies, instead of just formal support, they'll offer employees that option and um, put them basically on a, on a support yourself plan and uh, develop a community of, of, uh, of Mac users internally that are helping each other through wikis and through other things, but they don't expressly forbid it. And they'll actually encourage it, but they're not necessarily paying for it either. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, <coughs> speaking of pay, um, I, this morning I did a little calculation. I went to the Apple site. And I looked up the lowest cost MacBook Pro, which is a 13-inch screen, 2.5 gigahertz, 4 gigabytes, 500 gigabytes, 5,400 RPM. Right. I know there's other stats, too. Um, But that's $1,199. So then I went to the Dell site, right, because Dell is a very popular corporate laptop. And for $684... You can get a 4 gigabyte, 500 gigabyte drive, 7200 RPM, 2.3 gigahertz, uh, 14 inch. I mean, it's probably not an apples to apples comparison, but I further did a calculation. What if the company had 3,000 employees? And when you do the math, um, the Apple, that would be $3.5 million versus $2 million for the Dell. So that's a $1.5 million difference. Now, is there, do, do companies, see uh, that adopt Macs, like you mentioned Genetech, do they see a productivity increase? Is it to make people happy? Does Apple have better advertising than Dell? By the way, do you remember the, uh, uh, I'm getting a Dell dude? Yeah. 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 I miss that guy. <laughs> um, that's a that's a, a very, very good question. Um, you know, you're looking at a significantly m- higher investment if you're going to, you know, a formally adopt Apple as uh, a, a vendor in that case. Um, there's a few ways in which some of that money comes back. Um, one of them is in employee satisfaction retention. Um, if you're trying to attract millennials, which are going to be 45% of the workforce by 2020, for example, so you know, you know, younger people, 
um, they have a preference for that, and they want, they'd like to have that freedom. Uh, go into any coffee shop in a college town, and you're going to find a preponderance of Macs on, 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 on people's you know, tables. Yeah. So that's part of it. I mean, getting the, the HR factor is, is really important and not to be underestimated. But the other part of it is, for the most part, um, when, you know, we've, we learn from these companies that, are, that have these internally and they're managing them, the management burden has been less. Um, now, I wouldn't go so far as to argue that the Mac is in any way more secure uh, than a Windows PC is. Um, but in general, the, the management approach has not had to be as heavy-handed. And so they haven't had to have as many people involved in the management of those. And so they get some of that back in, in operation savings as well. Um, and, yeah. What, what about days. productivity? Does anyone care about productivity? And are there any productivity differences? Because I, I was thinking about, you know, how many people use their company-issued computer and... Certainly, they use the browser. Mm-hmm. They use email. They do document stuff. Often, that's you know on the Mac. It could be Microsoft Office Office running on there. But you know, is one? Do you think that one of these platforms is more productive than the other, or do you? Is that something that companies are looking at? It's not even a factor, or I, is it? I do, and it's actually a, a pretty interesting um, topic. Um, here's why. Um, one of the problems, uh, it was Peter Drucker that said, uh, most of what we call management consists of making it difficult for people to get their work done. <laughs> and so what we find in, in the management situation in many companies now is locking down Windows PCs and not allowing people to install software. Yeah? And that has the effect of, you know, everybody's different. Everybody works differently. Um, their habits are different. The applications that they choose are different. And if they don't have that freedom um, and they're still held accountable for execution, they're going to find some other way uh, to use applications that they like and get things done. So in many ways, this underground, um, you know, Mac movement, if you will, um, is about personal productivity and, and being able to work quickly. When you don't have, you know, uh, a ton of management agents on the machine bogging it down, I and mean, we had complaints and reports from people that we had been working with for this research that were, you know, c- reporting boot times um, of their Windows PCs of 15 minutes or more. And um, spending the first hour every morning just waiting for the management tools and antivirus agents and everything else to get their things done so that they could finally start working without having unnecessary delays. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's But that's not a Mac problem, right? That's that's an an IT problem, problem. throwing all that stuff on there. It is, but it's also uh, historically necessary because of the way Windows used to be designed. I mean, Windows security is far better now uh, than it was before, but we've gotten the habit of putting those things on there because there were holes and vulnerabilities, and we've just never gotten rid of them. Uh, the walls go up and they don't come back down. And, uh, and so the, it's the state of the way Windows management is being done that in many ways is driving people toward Macs. Are, are there certain size companies that, are, that, that have a tendency to, to go all Mac? Smaller, um, smaller companies, uh, you know, less than, less than 20 in the data, less than 20 employees in the data have a much, much higher incidence of formally supporting Macs or being all Mac uh, internally. Um, we don't see that many larger companies going all Mac. Do you um, think that's the cost differential like I, I described? It's partly the cost differential. It's also partly application compatibility. We went through a period of time where most enterprise applications uh, were being developed for w- Internet Explorer and, and Windows browsers first. And so sometimes they have, you know, uh, compatibility issues that they need to get around. So, you know, the Windows platform has been the most broadly compatible, um, you know, for a long time. But Apple now has gotten to the point where, it's good enough. There's Office, right, that works very well on the Mac. Um, so that's part of it. Are we? Uh, so we've been talking about PCs, laptops, really, because mm-hmm. that, that seems to be more the standard than the desktop. But uh, many people say we're entering a post-PC era. 
that it's tablets or it's the new Windows 8 tablet with the keyboard. It, it, I, what's happening? I mean, what's Apple's strategy there? Do they see a future for for uh, laptops in, in the enterprise? That's a good question. I, I don't subscribe to the post-PC era per se. I don't think the PC is going anywhere. Uh, but I think it's important relative to other options uh, is is changing, if that makes sense. Um, now people can use tablets, iPads, and so on for a, a higher percentage of their work. Um, and, you know, with the good compatibility of software, uh, you know, on, on Macs now and availability of good software on Macs, um, they have more of an option. And so while I wouldn't, dis- I wouldn't subscribe to the post-PC era, it's just more choices. Um, I think that is a core part of Apple's strategy. Think about it this way. I mean, Apple has been 100% focused on the end user, right, and in, in, in s- d- surprising yeah, and delighting them. Um, Microsoft has been focused a little bit on the end user and a lot on, on the IT organization, right. right, and their needs for the last 10 or 15 years. And with the choices that we make for what we want to use is our decision. It's a very personal thing uh, for most of us. And um, ignoring that the importance of the user's influence and decision in what they're going to use, um, I think is a, is, a, is a fatal flaw. And I think Apple's strategy of focusing on the user first and IT maybe um, has paid off for them. Well, you say it's paid off for them. It's paid off for them in the consumer market, but certainly, I mean, what's their share of, of, of enterprise computing? Isn't that like tiny? It's small. It's less than 10% okay. uh, in the survey. Has it, has it grown at all? or is it That's just strictly for the Mac. Um, if you were to expand that to iPads now, it's, yeah. it's very high. Um, one in five uh, employees use an Apple product uh, of one kind or another. And um, if we look at the breakdown of, of who these people are, um, 41% of them are director level and above. Yeah. Wow. So I mean, it's um, it's 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 in, uh, infiltration is a good way to put it. But one of five are using. Are so using they're the ones device. who are going to have to sign off on this uh, uh, additional million and a half dollars in that three thousand person company. That's right, and I guess in some ways uh, the employee base would have a legitimate case to say, mm-hmm. if you guys are all using Macs, why can't we? Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. And the stockholders yes. perhaps are using Macs. Uh, they might be. They but might they are. Be. But but I mean, the reality is though that it is less than ten percent, which means that there's ninety plus percent that's still traditional. Do you th- do you think that's going to increase over time, or or hold steady, or how do you think that landscape's going to change? We think it's going to continue to increase um, right now, and. Uh, the the dry you know, the, we see this in the preferences data when we when we have thirty four percent of let's say ultra portable uh, users that we survey and what do you mean by ultra portable well ultra portable meaning things like a MacBook Air or an UltraBook um, okay you know something like that like the ZenBook yeah there's there's yeah. a very high p- correlation in preference between the form factor you know and and Apple as a uh, as a preferred OS. Um, and same thing with tablets. You know, there's a very high correlation of preference for tablets. And so I look at that as a leading indicator, meaning that preferences now uh, lead to results in the future. Yeah, and lead to, you know, so when we look at things in arrears in terms of market share, um, I would expect that this time next year we'd be looking at another increase in, in Apple's overall market share. And that's going to come at the expense of who? Uh, primarily, uh, primarily PCs and PC vendors. Um, if, we, if we included tablets in the in the numbers uh, and called tablets a computer um, then Apple has which is what Microsoft wants to do right right with uh, Windows 8 yeah that's right that's a that's a good point Um, if we include tablets Apple has become the largest computer vendor 
uh, in the world. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's significant. They really, they, yeah, they outsell HP if we include uh, tablets. So if you include, so if you say, okay, so let me understand this. So if you include, so that's unit shipped, right? If you say a tablet is a yeah. computer right. versus a desktop PC or a laptop, Apple is out shipping devices. That's right. Wow. Yeah, number, that, that is a huge change. It's huge, yeah. And, and the influence of that will be seen in the years to come in, in different work styles and working habits. We're learning, too, that, that people use tablets for, you know, primarily consumption. And uh, not that much authoring goes on unless it's just text entry. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the applications evolve and, uh, and if, that, if that dynamic changes. But, well, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the enterprise being like it's Windows now. Uh, Apple is increasing. Yeah. Now, Google has their plans with uh, Chromebook. Right. So they have a whole other idea. And, and we know that Google is making some progress in the enterprise in terms of mail and yes. Google apps. Yes. Uh, it's like Microsoft's being hit from <laughs> all sides. They are. They're, um, be, they're being disrupted. Right. And do, do you think that Google is, is a factor uh, at all in this as well? Because, uh, you know, the desktop application, if it's, it's browser-based, I yes. guess any computer that has the browser can use it. Yes. Um, Google is a factor, uh, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's because of their Chromebook yet. Um, that's, one, that's one thing. But most people need some level of offline capability, right, when they're working. Yeah, the Chromebook, I, I most, think, is, as, is about as popular as uh, Google TV. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, and the data is very clear on that, too. Yeah. Um, but um, Google is extremely influential in other ways. Um, Google Apps um, is being more broadly adopted by enterprises now. Uh, and the more share that they get, um, the more they can create value between the Google Apps and the PC or the, the computer that somebody uses and the smartphone and the tablet. So there's opportunities for them to create you know, a very strong ecosystem there based on value, not based on control and trapping people, but based on value. Uh, that if they do that wi- wisely and well, they'll have an increasing influence in enterprise IT. There's also battle lines drawn in the smartphone. Uh, and that, that battle line is not Microsoft and Apple. Right. It's Google and, and Apple. Uh, so with Android out there and, and tablets, will that, w- so will Google have a play in the enterprise that way? We think so. We think so with... Um, um, uh, with with smartphones, certainly the the adoption of Android OS on smartphones is very high. Uh, it's higher than Apple's is right now, um, so it's significant. Um, but yes, we we uh, we think that that will that will be a good source of uh, of market influence and and, and strength uh, for Google uh, in the future. And what so kind of questions are enterprise IT asking you? About are they are they now asking you now? Hey, we decided to do this. How should we do it? Or are they saying should we do this? Or or how can we prevent it? I mean, wh- where where are you getting the uh, most questions? They're f- the, that's a great question. They're they're falling along three lines. First of all, should we do this? Right? What are the implications of doing this? You know, they may say we're a regulated business. Right? What are the implications of uh, of allowing either people to bring their own Mac in or supporting Macs? How can we meet our obligations and fiduciary responsibilities? One. Second thing is, what's the cost? Right? How how much is this going to cost me to to manage these things? Um, and then third is. Um, what is the best approach? Um, you know, what is, what is the right way to do this if I want to do it? What are other companies doing? So that'd be the three things uh, that they're asking. And, and if they do want to do it, what would you, what would you tell them? Would uh, you tell them to do like a wholesale replacement or piecemeal uh, replacement? Um, 
I would. It depends on whether or not they're going to make it a company owned and, and, and supported and managed platform versus BYOC, right? Um, and BYOC is bring your own computer. Yeah. So bring your own device, but bring your own computer means a laptop. It means a laptop. Okay. And and it's a. Uh, I make an important. So distinction why isn't that there. BYOL? Well, because it could be, it could be All right. something else. But yeah, yeah. But it, I, guess <laughs> I just wonder how many BYOs we're gonna have. <laughs> like, I mean, can it just be BYOB? That's like the best. <laughs> That's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I make a, a distinction between device and computer, though, because the the you know, the, the an iPad or something like that has a very, very different, what I'd call surface area of exposure, right, for risk, uh, and a different management requirement uh, than, a, than a PC or a Mac does. Um, and with Macs, we recommend that company, if it's a bring your own Mac program, uh, that's kind of like the, the rule of BYO is, you know, thou shalt not invade an employee owned Mac in mm-hmm. many ways, but you're still trying to establish a level of confidence that that machine can be used uh, securely for business. And there's a certain amount of trust uh, that goes with that. But we, make, we ask companies to look at um, several different factors, and one of them is that's important is access to privileged information. Do you have something like top secret you know, material that requires regulatory, for regulatory reasons and other, others, that requires um, some level of, uh, uh, of management right, to be in place? Then it's, uh, it would be a different picture. You wouldn't, they probably would not be a good candidate for bringing their own computer to work uh, in that case. Well, this BYOC thing sounds like it's a a good deal. It's like a win-win. Win. So Apple makes more money, more yeah. profit. Right. The employee gets to bring their Apple into work, and the company gets to save money on a capital expenditure for a PC. That's right. Uh, wow. That's that's right. Um, it can work that way, and that's what companies had reported was happening. You know, to a certain extent, um, computer preference, when you're, especially if you're a knowledge worker, this device is your primary conduit for getting things done. It's, it's in front of you every day. You spend more time in front of your computer than you do in your car. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine a situation if your company dictated that you had to drive a Chevy, right, or you had to drive something else. It's a very, very personal choice. I'd love a company people. car, no matter what it was. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so... Uh, so uh, what is your advice now to firms? I mean, are, are you saying now is the time um, for, for them to seriously consider this, uh, or is it a wait and see? I mean, there's, we also have the issue of how is Apple, you know, enterprise are very concerned about support. Yeah. What sort of level of enterprise support do we get? And I suppose if it's bring your own, uh, you know, I don't know what you do. Maybe you go to the Mac store, but, but is Apple prepared and, and willing, and do they want uh, this to happen? They do. Um, my, my assessment, uh, this isn't coming from Apple, this is just my assessment of, of their strategy and kind of the way they're thinking about this, is they very much are focused, again, like I mentioned, on the user, right, and on their needs and serving and supporting them. They're also focused on making a system that does not require a lot of maintenance and management for the most part. Um, so I, I think by doing that, um, they're allowing people to be more self-sufficient um, with, with their own support and, and computer needs. And we do find a lot of people going to the Apple store uh, you know, with their per, the computer that they use for work uh, to get support and get things fixed um, when it's needed. And so, yes, I think that is a core part of their strategy is providing a high level of service and support and a highly reliable system um, that... Uh, uh, that requires less management. Mm-hmm. So, is this a U.S. trend primarily? No, 
Oh, really? So it's happening? The data is really interesting on that. Between the U.S. and, and, and Europe, it's similar, right? And uh, very similar preferences uh, and, and adoption rates and so on. Um, when we look at Latin America, it's fascinating. Um, you know, more than two times uh, the preference for Apple devices, more than twice the incidence of bring your own computer uh, in many cases. And, um, and this is an economy that, you know, per capita has less dollars to spend per person. Right. And, uh, but there's a, pre- a high preference and high correlation for Apple. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Is there any data on China? I know that, that uh, Apple's results, at least for the iPhone and other Apple products, is like going through the roof. There is. Um, we do have we do have some data on on China um, and what the effect of Apple has been there, and it's increasing uh, just like it is everywhere else. You know what the effect has been? I read a story uh, that there was a kid in China. Did you hear about this? No. He sold his kidney. He <laughs> sold one of his kidneys so he could buy an iPhone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I had not heard that story. <laughs> Wow, that's not something that I would necessarily advocate. You don't I think recommend that's, uh, that? No, I think that's maybe going a little too far. Yeah. You know, I'd be happy with a PC if it was going to cost me a kidney. You yeah. Know? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So this is a worldwide phenomenon. It is. Yeah. It is. And um, uh, again, it's it's being led uh, by this you know desire for uh, an appeal of the brand. So how many, what, what sort of time frame do you think uh, Macs will outpace PCs in the enterprise? Do you think they ever will? Like, do you think they'll ever exceed 50%? Is that possible? Under what conditions would that have to happen? I don't. Um, I, I don't think that they're going to exceed 50%. Um, I, I think they're gaining critical mass uh, for better supportability and better, you know, better, better uh, uh, allow, being allowed. Um, but I don't think that they're going to increase uh, beyond, you know, as high as 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't. I think there's... Um, you know, there's too many cases where, um, you know, a computing device, uh, you know, a PC um, is perfectly fine uh, for the task. And it's not something where people need to make a personal choice about it. Um, there's, you know, there's workstations, nurses' workstations, there's stockbroker workstations. Um, uh, and, and frankly, there's, you know, a high percentage of people that prefer the Windows operating system, too. They're just comfortable with it. Uh, right. so, and I don't think that's going to change. Yeah, I mean, there's many of us have been traveling right. to conferences, industry conferences for years, and, yeah. y- and you kind of see the switch over. You see people carrying PCs, and now all of a sudden there's a preponderance of Macs. Yeah. And you wonder, you know, well, I don't really wonder. I assume that it's like their own investment yeah. in those, but but not so much anymore. Like you said, some small companies uh, can standardize that because they don't have the legacy of all these other apps. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's right. And, uh, you know, again, it's like uh, you know, choosing a, uh, well, for, uh, for, uh, for Apple to, to have an appeal, right? It has to be the kind of case where, or, you know, to grow its market share, it has to be in a case where the user does have some influence and has some control over what they can choose. And that is not universal yet uh, in a lot of companies. As a matter of fact, we see people getting fired, frankly, for going outside of IT policy and using something of their own. There are companies that have that draconian of a set of rules, but it's there. So, you know. Right. Is that, yeah. uh, would that be like the government? Um I wouldn't know the government. I mean, there's certainly some. Like, groups, say you're working yeah. for the CIA. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Bring that in they, your own Mac. Uh, <laughs> I would imagine that they have very strict rules uh, yeah. in in controls in place to prevent people from. But, but are, those, are those situations both mostly motivated by security? It is uh, okay. So it's it's not really the tools or the productivity. It's like, hey, we're not we're not in control of the information here. When the concerns about security override concerns about productivity, 
um, is, is where it's not going to be a good fit. And are there tools that will allow you to lock down the Mac as, yeah. as there are for PC? All right, so there are options. Yeah, yeah, there are. Yeah. Um, we, we do recommend, um, if companies are going to formally support the Mac, um, we do recommend that they choose a best-of-breed tool um, uh, for that, and there are a couple of them on the market. One of the things we found with the you know, Windows-centric management tools that happen to have Mac support is while they might be compatible at the binary level and their agents may run, they don't have all that last-mile stuff that you've got to have to effectively do it, um, such as provisioning a Mac and managing the images for the Mac and packaging the software for the Mac and all those things. Um, there's capabilities that you need to effectively do it. While I would, I would say that the overall approach to management is much lighter uh, on the Mac than it is on the PC, uh, for most companies, um, still having those capabilities is important if you're going to formally support them. And by the way, we find that when companies hit about 120, 125 max, something like that is what they reported as being the threshold where they decided they had to do something huh, and proactively manage them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was worth it for them. Excellent. Well, thank you, Dave Johnson. My pleasure. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to the Forrester Technopolitics Podcast. Read more about the technology fuel disruption and join the discussion at blogs.forrester.com.